This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Colorado and parts of Nebraska could get as much as a foot. The same system is to bring rain to the central plains. Another system is raining on the southern plains. Rounding off prices at the Chicago Board of Trade, soybean futures are weaker on Friday morning. The May soybean contract is down 20 and a half cents at 13.93 per bushel. May soy oil is down about a tenth of a cent at 54.52 US cents per pound. May soy meal is down $8.40 at 3.96.40 per hundredweight. Corn futures are lower on Friday morning with the May contract down 4 cents at 5.34 per bushel. Chicago oats are steady to lower, with the May contract down two and a half cents at three eighty-two and a half per bushel. Wheat futures are mixed on Friday morning. Chicago May is down three cents at six thirty-nine and a half. Kansas City May is unchanged at six oh four, and Minneapolis May is up two cents at six thirty-six. It's that time to spring forward with the start of daylight savings time on Sunday, March fourteenth. For most of North America, turn your clocks forward one hour, except in Saskatchewan and Arizona. That's a look at the ice futures and the Chicago markets for Friday morning, March 12th. For Markets Farm in Winnipeg, I'm Glenn Halleck. New Holland Dealer Days are back. Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John is here to help you tackle the season ahead. Special preseason savings are available featuring 0% financing and cashback offers on select new Holland hay tools, tractors, and material handling equipment. Thinking about trading in? New Holland Dealer Days is the time. Stop by Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John today to learn all about the preseason savings going on. For commercial use only, customer participation subject to credit qualification and CNH Industrial Capital Canada Limited approval. Standard terms, conditions, and other restrictions apply. A down payment may be required. The opinions expressed during this show do not represent those of this station. If you've missed any of this show, you can follow the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig, on Moose FM. Good morning. Welcome to another episode of the show. A little later on, we're hoping to be joined by Fort St. John Mayor Lori Ackerman. We got a few things to discuss uh, from council this week, including their decision not to uh, spend money on putting in a refrigeration unit, uh, a refrigerated ice surface, I should say, in Kin Park, and also a bit on cemeteries development and uh, the passive house sale that's uh, going to be happening. So, We'll be talking to her in about 10 or so minutes time. But first, the Fort St. John Public Library has a brand new director of library services. He's coming to us from Weyburn, Saskatchewan, and he joins us now from, I believe, his office in the Fort St. John Public Library. It's Matthew Rankin. Welcome to the show, Matthew. Thanks for your time today. Thank you. It's great to be here. I'm uh, grateful you uh, made a few minutes for us. So why don't you start by telling us a bit about yourself? Uh, how did you come to be here in Fort St. John directing the library? Well, it was a very long and arduous process. I uh, hiked all the way out from Ontario. <laughs> um, so uh, originally I'm from uh, the central Ontario region, so around Georgian Bay. Um, I'm, my hometown is Penetanguishene, Ontario. Uh, grew up there, uh, really loved it. Uh, went to school in Waterloo, Ontario at Wilfrid Laurier, 
went to London uh, to do my uh, master's degree in librarianship uh, at the University of Western Ontario. Uh, basically worked my way up in libraries, started as a technology uh, assistant, uh, became a clerk, uh, became a part-time manager, CEO. Uh, then I was a uh, library branch manager in Saskatchewan, which was an adventure. I love my time there. And if uh, any of your audience want to uh, go to Weyburn, I highly suggest it. Um, and then this opportunity uh, came up here in Fort St. John, and I was drawn here largely because of the reputation of the city um, and uh, the great work that my predecessor, Carlene uh, Duncan, did. Wow. Had you uh, heard much about, uh, you mentioned her work, like uh, kind of the library and its place in this community before you came here? Yeah, um, I did uh, a little bit of research uh, when I was applying. Um, once I learned about the library and just about like the efforts she had to, um, you know, update library services, uh, the amount of programming, um, the style of the programming, Morgan and the rest of our staff, uh, Morgan Churchill, our programmer, uh, has done a great job uh, managing our programming and the uh, the slick look of our, uh, particularly our STEAM programs. Um and just how important it seems to be to the community. Um, and also uh, one of the draws was how young the community was. Um, uh, that was a main interest for me. Um, and there seems to be a lot going on, a lot of enthusiasm. Everyone's been wonderful since I've gotten here. So I, I, I really, I'm thankful for my choice. Is the, sort of the demographic much different than from Weyburn, Saskatchewan? Like the, the people you're expecting oh. to see in the library, you mentioned we're a young community, so lots of families use it. Is that a lot different yeah. than Weyburn for you? Um, in terms of the uh, patron base that was used in the library, like we had a lot of uh, young families as well, but um, a lot of the communities I've worked in have been a bit uh, older, uh, which have also uh, been great because we've done a lot of fantastic um, uh, seniors programming when I was in Weyburn and we were able to sort of develop the programming a bit further. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a little bit different just because um, the patrons overall seem to be a little bit uh, younger, but we still have a great uh, patron base and we want to do more for them going forward. In layman's terms, if possible, I mean, what what is your role as the director of library services? What What's kind of your the meat of what it is you're going to be doing or have already begun to do, I should say, at the library? Yeah. Uh, so my job overall is to act as a community representative for the library. I am the secretary uh, for the board, so I do all the administrative work uh, in the background, taking minutes. Uh, I'm in charge of the budget, uh, overall in charge of staffing, um, in terms of planning the direction for the library. Um, and I'm supported uh, very well in this role. I have an awesome staff under me, um, particularly my manager, uh, Marilyn Lovejoy. Um, I can't <laughs> praise her enough. She does an amazing job. Um, and our, our front uh, desk staff, uh, they do an amazing job. Now, I'm glad you brought up the budget because uh, this library, and I'm, I assume you knew this kind of coming in, uh, seems to be in some financial trouble, at least. Uh, they've asked the city for a grant uh, already this year to kind of cover expenses. Uh, they've been running yeah. deficits for several years. Um, is this something you've had experience with managing through before, a library that is an integral part of the community, but it seems to be having problem staying in budget in order to provide those services that we all depend on. 
Yeah, I mean, it's an aspect of all libraries. I, I've worked in uh, libraries that have been in similar uh, situations uh, in uh, really great financial uh, circumstances. Um, so my goal in this role is to um, make sure that we have stability going forward, uh, to make sure that our staff is taken care of, um, and that we bring more to the community um, going forward. So we're able to bring in funds to do projects, um, to make sure that we're able to, once obviously COVID um, ends, uh, going out into the community, having more connections, being more visible in the community. Um, so obviously there'll be uh, fundraising efforts uh, this year. Um, I'm only in my third week at this point, so um, obviously we'll be uh, working on plans for that going forward. So stay tuned. Um, but yeah, the, we're we're working on it, um, and we appreciate the support that we've gotten, particularly from the city. They have been amazing, um, and going forward, uh, we'll do our best. Uh, can we expect to see a lot of changes at the library since there's been a change in leadership and uh, at a time when, uh, you know, the pandemic is, the, the end is closer than the beginning at this point when, as you mentioned, you can fundraise again. You can sort of bring more normalcy to uh, the library than we've seen in the past year. Uh, are things going to change a lot for people who maybe been using the library for some time? Um, in the short term, I'm not planning any massive changes uh, because I want to get to know the community, the library, and uh, my staff. Um, and then, yeah, eventually, like, uh, doing plans to make the space more uh, usable. Um, I'm really big on technology, so we're looking at a couple of grants right now to see if uh, we can get a little bit more technology into the, uh, the library space, uh, developing new programming. Um, so I like to take, I like to do my research first and, uh, I don't like to just rush into a situation and change everything. Um, I like to, to make sure that I understand what the community needs and, um, getting ideas from my staff and from the community about what we can do going forward. I mean, as you mentioned, you've only really been in the role for about three weeks now. So, I mean, do you have... An overarching sort of philosophical vision, maybe if, if not for this library specifically, but a library in general. What, what do you hope you can accomplish in your tenure uh, as the director of library services? Uh, I have sort of a vague quote I can give you. Um, I'd like to see it more stable and in a better spot than uh, whenever in you know, the distant future, if I leave the position that I left it in a better spot than as I, uh, I found it. Um, so obviously, um, you know, updating our space, um, having more connections in the community, being more visible, um, as I've said, uh, technology, uh, making sure that we're keeping up uh, with current trends. Um, libraries in general, there's a lot of discussion going on right now about uh, what our ongoing role is. Uh, we're still um, I believe very important to the community. Um, so there's this idea of the community hub. So sort of the collection, uh, so the books and DVDs and uh, other items are still important, but services become even more critical, um, providing programming, being a place where people can come to use uh, computers to get technology training, um, you know, to use the space, um, to feel a connection to the community. Um, so I hope to integrate that going forward as well. 
And I, I like that you mentioned a community hub because uh, I noticed uh, this library is closed two weeks the uh, or two weeks two days of the week I should say. Is that something yeah. that um, you might look into? Is that something that maybe you see as uh, perhaps a weakness of this library that, as you say, it's a community hub, but that's only really open five days a week? Perhaps expanding mm-hmm. hours so that you can be open six or even every day of the week at least for a bit. Of, is that something that would? be of interest to you in in seeing if you can accomplish? It definitely would be something that I'd be interested in. Obviously, I still need to um, get familiar with my role uh, in staff. Um, But in terms of services, like uh, being closed two days a week can present uh, challenges for us. Um, So, yeah, it would be something I'd be interested in. But with the current financial situation and me being fairly new, I think it's something that I'll uh, consider farther down the line. Excellent, Matthew. Well, I really appreciate you taking a few minutes to chat with us, especially since you're so new to the role. I look forward to uh, seeing you around town, Matthew. Thanks for doing this today. You're welcome. All right, that's uh, Matthew Rankin, the brand new uh, Director of Library Services over at the Fort St. John Public Library. We're going to chat with Mayor Lori Ackerman right after this on Moose Talks. So the pandemic has made you realize that you need a new home. Now you hear about production delays, supplier shortages, out of stock, will it ever end? Well, uh, yes. Jandell Homes has you covered with 27 heated show homes ready to view. Come find your perfect match. We have homes ready for immediate delivery, and we're still taking custom orders. But don't delay, because once they're gone, well, uh... Uh, I guess we'll also be out of stock, but not quite yet. Come get your new Jandel home today. Right now, Panago has three new Crave-worthy pizzas featuring delicious artichokes. Try them on the Capricos. Wait, how do you say this? Uh, capricciosa. Uh, it's uh, capricciosa. Oh, thank you. This meaty classic comes loaded with pepperoni. Genoa salami. No, no, it's Genoa. Emphasis on the J. Okay, gotcha. Genoa salami. Olives, mushrooms, and gooey mozzarella. Try the new Capricciosa pizza. How's that? Perfetto. Just $17 for a medium. Magnifico. Order yours at Panago.com. At DGS Astro Paving, we work with industrial and commercial clients along with municipalities and provincial and federal governments to build roads that are durable and efficient. Hi, I'm Tim Rankin of DGS Astro Paving, and we want to make safe and long-lasting roads to connect Fort St. John and other communities throughout northeastern BC. We have the equipment and the experience to build roads in a variety of terrain and environments. To learn more about DGS Astro Paving and what we do, visit terraceconstruction.ca. For over 40 years, M&M Food Market has been helping Canadian families, just like yours, put delicious meals on the table. Now it's your turn. If you're looking for a business opportunity right here in Fort St. John, M&M Food Market might be perfect for you. M&M is an essential service that has not been affected by the economic hardships felt by numerous small businesses in Canada. And they offer one of the best franchise packages around. To learn more, visit M&M Food Market at the north end of the Totem Mall. Driving, staying warm, working outdoors. Things that are uh, things that are more challenging in winter. Okay, UTV rentals, two-way radio cell boosters. Uh, things you can get at TNT Communications. In the winter months, everything can be a little more challenging. While TNT Communications can't change the weather, they can help you be prepared out there with UTV rentals, two-way radios, communication towers, and even cell boosters for your truck, house, or work site. TNT Communications in Fort St. John, your bell source in the peace. 
Watch this show live on Facebook or download the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Well, we're hoping to be joined by Mayor Ackerman. We're just having a few technical difficulties, so we're going to take another quick commercial break, and we'll talk to her right after this on Moose Talks. The North Peace Leisure Pool has a variety of activities and programs happening throughout the year. This month, there's plenty happening at the pool for the whole family. Here's what's coming up. Rescuing a person from ice is dangerous. The safest way to perform a rescue is from shore. Call for help. Then if you can reach, lie down and extend a pole or branch and have them kick while you pull them out. For the full schedule of programs and activities at the North Peace Leisure Pool, visit the city's website at fortstjohn.ca. Stay and win in Grand Prairie. $10,000 up for grabs. Now through April, stay at one of Grand Prairie's preferred hotels for a chance to win the spring giveaway. First place, $5,000 cash. Second, $3,000. Third place, $2,000. Entry details at GPRDA.com. Spring into action. Shop, play, and stay at the Sandman Hotel downtown Grand Prairie. Offering dining options like Denny's and the Bar One Lounge. Ask for our spring promotion. Call 780-513-5555. If you're looking for hassle-free internet services, call the Peace Region Internet Society today. With coverage throughout most of the Peace, PRIS can get you connected quickly without the hassle of contracts or bundles. Visit PRIS.ca or call 1-800-768-3311 for more information. Hi, this is Ted with PIMS Production Equipment. Talk to us at PIMS for electrical work, air compressors, pumps, valves, relief valves, office phones, and computer networks. Experience the best in service. Check us out at PIMS.ca or call PIMS at 250-787-0808. Our community first. This is Moose Talks with Dub Craig on Moose FM. All right. Well, now... Very happy to say we're joined by the mayor of Fort St. John, Lori Ackerman. Lori, uh, thanks for coming on Moose Talks today. We really Talks appreciate today. it. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Doug. It's great to hear you. <laughs> it's, it's very great to hear you, too. So why don't we just uh, so dig right in? Lots happened in. at Lots. Council uh, this past week. Pardon me, I'm looking at the... Uh, the wrong uh, picture here, or rather wrong paper here. Uh, to start off, council voted down the prospect of a refrigerated ice surface or surfaces over at Kin Park this past Monday. Can you kind of take us a bit through the debate that was had about this, or, or was there really any debate at all? So when when staff came to us with, you know, the, the kind of draft final plan for Kin Park, there was the option of, you know, looking at um, refrigerating some surfaces. Well, we've been in communities, uh, Ottawa, Toronto, places like that, where they do have some refrigerated ice surfaces. Well, they aren't north of the 56th parallel either. So we said to staff, really, it's the shoulder seasons, but what what does the cost look like? Because there's a cost of, excuse me, putting it in but also operating it. What kind of life is it gonna have, that kind of stuff. So we were tossing that around. We were really tossing it around based on no information. And so we said to staff, uh, can you bring us that information? And so staff brought us that information. And you know, when we looked at it, you know, we might be able to extend ice surface for 
a uh, couple weeks either side on the shoulder seasons. Um, you know, looking at the cost of uh, putting that in, more so the cost of maintaining it, because the cost of putting it in would be on our capital budget, um, which is not impacted by tax dollars. But what is impacted by tax dollars is the operation of that mm -hmm. and the maintenance of it. And so for us, yes, we are a winter city. Yes, we absolutely enjoy getting out there with our, with our skates on. Uh, the simple reality is, is when you live in a winter city and you have to make ice, that's a little sad. So we just decided that you know, it's this time of year when people really would be using that. And most people um, really just want to pull out their flip-flops. Yeah, I think your quote, uh, if I don't, you don't mind me quoting you here, is I'll be damned if I'm going to pay for ice, uh, which makes sense. Because as you said, they're much further south than us. Um, but was this, it, had the cost been something that you could say, okay, maybe we can afford this. I mean, would that have been something to consider or was it just kind of, in the end, you kind of thought, ah, this isn't that great of an idea, let's be honest. It would have had to have been a whole lot cheaper than what was presented to us in order to move forward. Um, we have um, significantly longer winters than a lot of our colleagues across Canada and I think that we need to be outdoors and active 365. And so the minute that we can take those ice surfaces uh, in the wintertime and turn them into pickleball or basketball in, in the spring and in the summertime, then we should do that. Okay. I want to talk a bit about the, uh, the Woodlawn Cemetery expansion. Now, uh, you guys voted to add reinforced concrete runners this past week. Uh, can you explain a bit about what, why? What, what's that going to do for the cemetery? Well, it really is there for the placement of the memorials, right? And so the maintenance in the long run is going to be much easier to, to look after. And, and um, they're going to be on a single um, concrete runner, and it just, if you've been to um, cemeteries that have these in place, um, it just looks that much tidier and neater. It's, um, you know, don't, you don't have um, perhaps memorials that are put in place on a, um, in, in a, uh, on a day where the, the um, where it's wetter and some of them you see they're sinking or they're tipping or whatever the case may be. And so these concrete runners are just going to, really help with that. Why is this a kind of an important redevelopment project uh, in the first place, uh, taking a look at the cemetery? Was it was it just way overdue, or is this kind of looking for the future to ensure that there's a, uh, a well-designed and, and well-maintained cemetery in Fort St. John for generations to come? So we're actually running out of plots. So mm -hmm. this is an expansion. And so we're, we're expanding uh, Woodlawn, and if anyone is familiar with it, uh, there's you know, two gates that you can drive into. And the north of uh, the north gate is the area that is being developed. Um, there's a, a lot of uh, um, different ways of internment now um, that, are, uh, that, that people are looking for, like the green burial where there's no embalming, um, in fact, there may not even be, a, well, there isn't a coffin. It's, um, you know, there, there may be a, a, something, you know, a, a box or cardboard. But at any rate, there's, there's 
different um, expectations that the, the municipality needs to provide. And so this is a complete expansion and really offering those new options. And what's next uh, for this? What, what's kind of the next phase that you guys are going to be talking about and discussing in council? For the cemetery? Yes, yes, I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's uh, that's done. We have we've approved the uh, the cemetery expansion now. Okay, perfect. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Uh, well, then why don't uh, well, we move then... on to the passive house of this? So this was de- built in 2015, I believe, or 2014. Uh, just recently decided it was time uh, to sell it and kind of move on from it. Why? Why now? Why is this kind of the best time for that? I actually thought about selling it about five years ago. Um, but we had that um, fabulous um, um, partnership with UNBC's Community Development Institute to work on our uh, social and economic development framework for the city of Fort St. John, and so they've been using it. So we actually kept it the additional five years in order for them to have a location that uh, to work through. And so we now do not need it. Um, the intention was from the beginning to... Uh, create a showcase for um, a different way of construction. It not only was overwhelmingly um, um, received, we actually got uh, BC Hydro through our community measures agreement uh, to build the 50 unit building based on passive house standards as well. So I'll give you an example of the difference. This passive house doesn't even have a natural gas line to it. And um, my home is a little bit smaller, couple hundred square feet top bottom um, than this passive house. And we pay uh, $1,500 a year for natural gas, give or take. This house doesn't have that. In fact, the first year that it was uh, what we call the living lab where we had people living in it, um, the, the heat source turned on twice <laughs> so significant savings in um in the uh in the heating of it and then i was laying in bed last night listening to uh, a vehicle driving up the road um and then burning some rubber to get onto the bypass road and i'm and i was thinking you know if i was asleep in the in or in bed in the passive house i would not hear that it is, I don't know, Dub, if you've been in the passive house, um, if you've taken the opportunity to uh, go take a, a peek at it. It is a totally different environment than an average home. Was The, the, was, the filtration system, um, just how quiet it is and how comfortable it is. Uh, was there any consideration, uh, you know, in this round, as you said, five years ago you thought about selling it, but this time as to what... What could we continue to use it for if we were going to keep it? Or was it, nah, they're done with it, we're going to sell it now? Yeah, we've, we've looked at that every time we've, we've considered it. The reality is, is it's in a residential area. And so we did a temporary use permit on it to allow the CDI to function out of it. But, Doug, it's in a residential area, and uh, we really need people to experience it. We need, uh, you know, it's... it's it's not our core business and we need to sell it. It's surplus and we will use the policy that we have in place to, uh, to, um, to put it on the market. 
Okay. And uh, one final discussion topic for you, uh, Mayor Ackerman. Uh, the city uh, launched this new uh, app and web portal uh, this week, which was wonderful news, uh, called My City Hall. I-, I was just curious how much uh, city council had, uh, you know, in, in uh, how much say, I should say, uh, you guys had in development and, and kind of pushing it forward. Uh, well, so that's an operational um, issue. And so staff drove that. Um, The only thing that council has said over the years is that we need our residents to be able to pay for things online. And so um, that's really what what drove the bus. So this particular app allows for um, the residents to go and, or the businesses to go on and pay online for uh, a lot of their fees and permits and et cetera. And we will continue to look for a comprehensive um, approach uh, to pulling the apps together because I know that people would like you know one app. Um, the reality is is that um, you know we needed something for people to have the ability to go online and and not everyone um, really is concerned about you know when the road clearing is going to happen or or when the garbage pickup will be because you know you might be a commercial. Um, entity rather than a residential entity and there's some things that you care about and some things that you don't care about so we'll continue to uh, to search for best practices on those do you know if this was kind you know, of pushed through might be the wrong term but hurried up in 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 uh, light of COVID 19 and you know everyone kind of trying to find ways to make it safer for everybody to interact uh with you know in and around the city right like you know saving people from having to come in to pay bills for example yeah, no, and I, I hear you. Um, I don't think so because we, um, you know, we didn't, uh, I, that wasn't the intent. I think the intent was that the city of Fort St. John has a significantly uh, low average age. Um, you know, the age of our community are the ones that want to be online making these payments, right? And so um, I don't think that while we were impacted by COVID, I don't think that it's um, you know something where we would actually change an operational issue related to to COVID on a long term basis. We had a lot of shifts and changes as everyone else did, um, you know, when it came to uh, COVID. But I don't think that's one of them. Um, you know, for example, when we look long term, we're looking at how to uh, revitalize the downtown. As you know, we're working on that project and. And uh, just to give you a, a sneak um, a glimpse into uh, you know what we're looking at with the uh, mayor's standing committee on economic recovery, there's an opportunity for a facade program for our downtown area, mm-hmm. and uh, so that facade program will help anybody that wants to um, increase their uh, the the look of their their or update the the look of their their building downtown in, in that permitting area. And the committee would be making a recommendation to council that there would be a tax deferral on any um, lift in assessment uh, as a result of, of that facade program. And I think that that's something that is a long-term shift that uh, council would be involved in. Wonderful. Well, Mayor Ackerman, I appreciate you finding a few minutes uh, to talk to us about this and working with us through our technical issues. Thanks for joining us today.
You are very welcome. Have a fabulous weekend, everyone. Absolutely. You too. That's Mayor Ackerman with the the mayor of the city of Fort St. John. Well, that does it for this episode of Moose Talks. Uh, you can always watch this show again on the Moose FM and EnergeticCity.ca Facebook pages shortly after the show ends. You can also download the podcast version of this show over at EnergeticCity.ca slash Moose Talks. Moose Talks is produced by Adam Rayburn and Trey Lopashinsky. I'm Dub Craig, be well. Join us next Friday at 10 a.m. for another episode of Moose Talks, a weekly talk show about Fort St. John and the North Peace. Energetic country. Energetic country. 100.1 I love you just the way God made you, girl. He don't make mistakes. What you call your imperfections, I call beautiful, babe. Tell them, Blanc. Oh, your hair's in a mess in the morning when you open your eyes. The way you know it goes by when you say that you'll be ready in five. The little dimple on the side of his brown when you're laughing at a movie that you've seen about a thousand times. You know, girl, that I can lie. I love you just the way. When you're mad, but you say that you're not. Yeah. And the shape of the face that you make when you're taking a shot. Taking a shot. The little white lie that you told the security guard at the hotel pool when we got caught. I was thinking, girl, you never look so high. And that I love you just the way God made you. Girl, he don't make mistakes. What you call your imperfections, I call beautiful, babe.
just don't know what they have. They think there's always greener grass. Let a good thing go, then want it back. When they find out what they're missing, boys don't know what to say. They leave you crying in the rain. And play your heart like it's a game. And don't even know they did it. Cause they don't know the difference between a Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.